Chapter Nine of Our Army at the Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our Army at the Front by Haywood Brown. Chapter Nine The Eyes of the Army. America's beginnings in the air service were pretty closely kin to her other beginnings. She furnished the men and took over the apparatus. And although by September the 1st, 1917, she had large numbers of aviators in the making in France, they were flying, or aspiring to, in French schools under American supervision with French machines and French instructors. There existed in prospect, and already in detailed design, several enormous flying fields to be built and equipped by America, as well as half a dozen big repair shops and one gigantic combination repair shop, assembling shop, and manufacturing plant. But in the autumn, when there were aviators waiting in France to go up that very day, there was no waiting on the fields trimmed by America. When the main school under American supervision had filled to overflowing, the remaining probationers were scattered among the French schools under French supervision. Meanwhile, the engineers and stevedores shared the work of constructing the largest aviation field in the world, in central France. It was once true of complete armies that they could be trained to warfare in their own home fields, and then sent to whatever part of the world happened to be in dispute, and they required no more additional furbishing up than a short rest from the journey. That is no longer true of anything about an army except the air service, and it isn't literally true of them, but they approach it. So it was practicable give the American aviators nine-tenths of their training at home, and leave the merest frills to a few spare days in France. This, of course, takes no account of the first weeks at the battlefront, which are only nominally training, since in the course of them a flyer may well have to battle for his life, and often does catch a German, if he chances on one as untutored as himself. The French estimate of the necessary time to make an aviator it's about four months before he goes up on the line, and about four months in patrol on the line before he is a thoroughly capable handler of a battle plane. They cap that by saying that an aviator is born, not made. Anyway, and that all generalizations about them are untrue, including this one. The air policy of France, however, was in a state of great fluidity at this time. They were not prepared to lay down the law because they were in the very act of giving up their own romantic, adventurous system of single-man combat and were borrowing the German system of squadron formation. They were reluctant enough to accept it, let alone acknowledge their debt to the Germans, but the old knight errantry of the air could not hold up against the new mass attack, and the French are nothing if not practical. Even their early war aviators had prudence dinned into them, that prudence which does not mean niggardliness of fighting spirit but rather an abstaining from foolhardiness each aviator was warned if he lost his life before he had to he was not only squandering his own greatest treasure but he was leaving one man less for france this was the philosophy of the training school the french were impatient with a flyer who lost his life to the germans through an excess of friskiness they were doubly so at the flyer who endangered his life at school through heedlessness. If you pull the wrong lever, they said, you will kill a man and wreck a machine. Your country cannot afford to pay either for your fool mistakes. 
but there their dogma ended once the flyer had learned to handle his machine his further behaviour was in the hand of american officers solely and these he found were stored with several very definite ideas the first of these the most marked distinction between the french system and the american was that all american aviators should know the theories of flying and most of its mathematics concerning these things the french cared not a hang neither did the american aviators but they towed the mark just the same and many a youngster gnawed his pencil indoors and cursed the fate that had placed him with a country so finicky about air currents on paper and so indifferent to the joys of learning by ear the americans accepted from the beginning the edict on squadron flying it was as much a part of their training as field manoeuvres for the infantry and because they had no golden days of daring do to look back upon they did less grumbling besides there was always the chance of getting lost and patrols offered some good opportunities to the venturesome the air service had at this time an extra distinction they were the only arm of america's service that had really impressed the germans the german experts as they spoke through their newspapers were contemptuous of the army and all its works they maintained that it would be impossible for the american transports to bring more than half a million men to france if they tried forever because the submarines would add to the inherent difficulties and make american participation of less actual menace than that of Rumania. The Frankfurter Zeitung said, There is no doubt that the Entente lay great stress on American assistance on this point, air warfare, nor do we doubt that the technical resources of the enemy will achieve brilliant work in this branch. But all this has its limits. In this field, superiority in numbers is by no means decisive. Quality and the men are what decide major hoffer of the german general staff wrote in the weser zeitung the only american help seriously to be reckoned with is aerial aid there was a quantity of such talk incidentally the same experts who limited america's troops to half a million in france at the most indulgent estimate said over and over that a million were to be feared just the number announced to be in france by president wilson one year from the time of the first debarkation the aviators worked hard enough to deserve the german honour in the french school supervised by the americans the schedule would have furnished dickens some fine material for pathos the day began at four a m with a little coffee for an eye-opener the working day began in the fields at five sharp if the weather permitted it there were flights till eleven when the pupil knocked off for a midday meal he was told to sleep then till four in the afternoon when flying recommenced and continued until eight thirty the rest of his time was all his own he spent it getting to bed there's an average of four months under this regime the flyer began on the ground and for weeks he was permitted no more than a dummy machine which wobbled along the ground like a broken-winged duck and this he used to learn levers and mechanics those things he had told over on paper before he was even allowed on the field after a while he was permitted in the air with an instructor and finally alone there were creditably few disasters for months there was never a casualty but if a man had an accident it was a perfectly open and shut affair either he ruined himself or he escaped it was part of the french system with men who escaped to send them right back into the air as soon as they could breathe so that the accident would not impair their flying nerves 
after three or four months of foundation work the term is not too inept for flying the aviator had his final examination a triangular flight of about ninety miles with three landings the landings are the great trick of flying like the old irish story it isn't the falling that hurts you it's the sudden stop if the pupil made his landings with accuracy he was passed on to the big school at Pau, where acrobatics are taught the flight acrobat was the ace the armies found and no man went into battle till he could do spiral serpentine and hairpin turns could manage a tailspin and go into a rill a corkscrew fork which permitted the flyer to make great haste from where he was and yet not lose control of his machine at the same time that he made a tricky target for a bosch machine gun while all this training was going on the ranks of american aviators were filling in at the top the celebrated lafayette escadrille the american aviators who joined the french army at the beginning of the war was taken into the american army in the late summer and all the americans who were in the french aviation service who had arrived by way of the foreign legion were called home they were put at instructing for a time then their several members became the veteran corps of later american squadrons this air unit was finally placed at twelve flyers and two hundred and fifty men and before christmas there was a good number of them a number not to be told till the carefree and uncensored days after the war by the beginning of the new year american aviation fields were taking shape the engineers had laid a spur of railroad to link the largest of them with the main arteries of communication and the labour units had built the same sort of small wooden city that sprang up all over america as cantonments there were roomy barracks a big hall where chapel services alternated with itinerant entertainers a little newspaper building plenty of office barracks with typewriters galore and the little models on which aviators learn their preliminary lessons there is one training field six miles long and a mile and a half wide where all kinds of instruction is going on even to acrobatics and there are several large training schools just behind the fighting lines which have plenty of visiting germans to practice on the enormity of the american air program made it a little unwieldy at first and it got a late start but on the anniversary of its beginning it had unmeasured praise from official france and even before that the french newspapers had loudly sung its praises the american aviator as an individual was a success from the beginning he has unsurpassed natural equipment for an ace and his training has been unprecedentedly thorough and he has dedicated his spirit through and through he has set out to make the germans see how wise they were to be afraid End of chapter nine